0: Hello, I'm Jim Davidson. I'm the founder, president, managing director of Avant Advisory Group. Avant is an operationally focused management consulting financial advisory firm that advises corporations. Today, I'm here as a representative of a Minister of Business on behalf of JC CEOs. My message is going to speak about the invisible war that occurs in business. We know it occurs, there's a spiritual war in the world, in this world, but I also know that it is in business, as I think most of you do. I think the people that are watching this are also playing in the business arena. Listen to these words, these verses that make it unmistakably clear that this is an evil world, and there is a war between good and evil. Ephesians 6.11.13 specifically says, Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand against the devil's evil deceits. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against enemies, the evil rulers, and the authorities, the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. It also goes on to say in Ephesians that... So put on the armor that God gives us that when the day, evil day comes, we will be able to defend ourselves. And then when the battle is over, we will be still standing firm. John 3.19 goes on and it says, and the judgment is based on this fact, God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness, evil, more than the light because their actions were evil. Last item to emphasize this point, Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, what are the, the evils of this world, particularly the business world? How does it impact business? Well, 1 John 2, 16 describes it well. This is the key, and this is the key of what I'm going to talk about today. It says in 1 John 2.16, For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure to please our sinful desires, our sinful selves, a craving for the sinful things we see, and pride boasting in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they're from this world. This verse points out to the temptations the lures the evils of this world especially the business world which i might add actually see- they seep into our personal and family lives <clears throat> so let's think about this for a second it says cravings lust for physical pleasure it talks about cravings for possessions materialism and greed and boasting pride in our achievements and possessions. Those are not only of this world, but they're of the business world. They're what business people, especially executives, strive for. These same three evil temptations are the same ones that Satan tempted Adam and Eve in the original sin. It was pleasure, the pleasure and the taste of that apple. Possessions, to be able to possess the world and have the power of Equal to God is what Satan said. Imagine that. But this world is filled with good gifts. They're all from God. But right alongside those gifts are horrible evils. It makes no sense to pretend that evil does not exist in this world, because it does. But the most important gift we can keep in mind is that we belong to God. It is said in 1 John 5.19, we know that we belong to God. Even though the whole world is under the rule of the evil one, we're still gods. And he's going to be there for us when we ask him to, when we need him. These are going to be some of the stories that I'm going to talk about to emphasize that point. In fact, I'm going to describe some real-life examples that I have personally experienced in business and in my business and in those businesses of my clients. These two stories contrast instances of greed, pride, arrogance, ego, power, and ambition versus the good things of God, good, not evil. Those other items that will be contrasting are humility, trusting in God, seeking his guidance, and through his through prayer and his word his word, the Bible, honoring God throughout the process. Let's start with these. First one, a $100 million Christian-owned consumer products company. It was looking over the precipice of bankruptcy when we first were engaged two years ago. Now, it's highly profitable. And in pursuit of multiple acquisitions, why the drastic turnaround? It was because we me included, the CEO, let God lead, and we trusted him to make the company not only survive, but to thrive. The second brief story, true story, is about a startup aviation company. It was shut down after one week of operations because of last year's government-mandated lockdowns. That little tiny company, a startup, barely surviving itself, wanted to do the impossible to acqu- to acquire acquire an out-of-state twice bankrupt 200 million dollar revenues airline how is that possible without any doubt in my mind it wasn't it was not possible except if god was committed if we were committed to having god involved and following his leadership his direction every step of the way the christian ceo and i agreed to do exactly that, with undescribable success, that acquisition occurred because of God and God alone, not because of us. We gave it all to God. We recognized that it was because of him. We could not have done that on our own. Third example, a $100 million severely distressed construction company. That was referred to us by a huge, prominent bank their special assets group at the outset i predicted to the ceo who is desperate panicked i predicted that this company would survive and it would prosper with a successful turnaround because we would fully dedicate it and trust the lord to lead us in that turnaround we gave it all to jesus and i told him up front and because of that i firmly believe That is the sole reason for that success of that company. It, in fact, is now getting ready to exit the special assets workout group of that bank. And again, it was only because we acknowledged God and his power and his way and his direction to make that a successful turnaround. Example four. I was an expert witness in a case in which I represented it, represented a consumer manufacturing company. And that company was up against another much larger company, much more wealthy, a lot more resources, a lot more expensive counsel. But that CEO was arrogant and extremely greedy. The things that exactly, the, the things of the world that God cautions us against. I prayed daily for the Lord to guide me throughout the case. And my brothers in Christ, JC CEOs, also prayed every time I asked them to. In fact, during my deposition, which was stressful at the least, tough for several hours, before that deposition, I asked them if they would pray for me, and they did. The result, $10 million judgment, and three times that, and punitive and exemplary costs, The damages were tremendous against the other side. I'm grateful that I trusted God and fully acknowledged His glory in this. Now, let's look at the times that I failed. The firm failed. And the reason is, is because we did not acknowledge Jesus. We did not bring Christ into this. We thought we could do it ourselves. Or, if it wasn't us, other people thought they could do it all themselves. It was all about them. It was all about their power, about their ego, their dominance, their possessions, their greed. These are examples of failed situations. Some of them surprise me even to this day. I'm astonished that they could ever occur, that we could ever lose. This was a—the first one is a $10 million post-acquisition dispute with a— client a small private equity firm against a behemoth, huge, massive, multi-billion dollar defense contractor. I remain flabbergasted that our client could have lost, based on the facts, there were no question in my mind that they were on our side. But as I mentioned, or I alluded to it, we did not dedicate this to God. I thought because those facts were so strong, so powerful on our side that we absolutely had to win we didn't need god and i didn't ask for him to become involved therefore god's hand was not in this i could not have been more wrong that loss should never have occurred because we finally got an adverse arbitration of judgment against us for 10 million dollars i still can't believe it i only needed to seek god and ask him, ask him to guide our every step. It was stupidly prideful not to do that. In another David and Goliath case that lasted seven years and cost 300,000, me personally, I was invested in that for 300,000 and lost those out-of-pocket expenses. We had every indication that we were going to win. Everything was going in our direction. A judge that every preliminary motion went in our direction. The judge and the facts indicated it was gonna be a solid win. Because of that prideful overconfidence, once again, this is another example of believing that we could do this, that we didn't need God's involvement. I arrogantly believed that we had it under control. But in the last few days, Anything and everything went wrong. Firstly, the judge, he retired or stepped away or had to leave for whatever reason. A new judge stepped in. And that judge that was the replacement was not so accommodating. Shockingly, we lost and for no good reason. When will I learn? Finally, in this last example, my firm became close to having this company as a client. Probably we're blessed that we did not get it as a client. I think it now, but I didn't think that a few months ago. I think it's a blessing that we were able to assess that situation and learn from it, but we never were engaged. I think God was looking out for us because I would have dedicated that to him to turn it around and make it a success. I believe it could have happened if we would have had godly people there. But this is another example of a Christian founded and owned company with an unbelievable technology that was valued at more than a billion dollars. The extent of greed, pride, ego, arrogance, self-serving ambition displayed by this management team, by key shareholders, and by even some members of the board of directors was astonishing. It's beyond description. I'm amazed at the amount of slander and envy, greed, pride, and deceit displayed by this worldly management team that is a Christian team and an espoused Christian company. Management's behavior in this company is a stain, I think, on us as Christians, as believers. I believe God has already punished this company, it's punished the stakeholders and it will punish it even more. The company, its shareholders, and its management will maybe bring this through bankruptcy, maybe, but it's going to be a costly bankruptcy if it survives at all, and I wonder. This situation is a good example of Proverbs 16.18. Pride leads to destruction and, and arrogance is the downfall. This and other stories described earlier in my first few comments about positive situations where I sought God. In those situations, they worked well. And all of these emphasize that God opposes arrogant people, but he is kind to humble people. That's James 4.6. In my opening comments, I spoke about the armor of God. So what is God's armor? Paul discusses seven things that represent armor against the devil's attacks. I have found five of them that are most important to me that I utilize, and I've got that. I think I have it into my head. I've finally absorbed these five points that are critical when I seek and have God lead. First, truth. Seek the truth no matter what. Don't distort it. Truth, not deception, not lies, not falsehood. The truth. Seek righteousness. That, I want that more than anything. Not only the truth, but righteousness. Right for God's people. I want to have faith, need to have faith and trust in God. Possibly most, of, most important of all, is reading, digging into, and understanding God's Word, looking for that, for guidance and discernment. But very powerful, right up at the top to me, is prayer. I saw that over and over again, where prayer is what made it happen. In virtually every instance that I have experienced success, whenever my firm won the battle, I have consciously used these spiritual weapons god's armor never fails so i encourage you to also invoke god's spiritual weapons in your battles of spiritual warfare that you also fight in your own businesses and if you do i promise that you will experience the truth of romans twelve twenty one. do not be afraid of them the lord your god himself will fight for you lord god Please pass on these words to all these CEOs and business people that heard them. Let them take it to heart, Lord. You know what is important for them to hear. These are all your words. They're all so valuable. They're meat. They're substance. We can live by those, Lord, because you will bless us. Please bless them, each and every one of them. Help them know that what is good is is to follow you and to seek you, to become close to you, to dedicate all of that to you and to trust you with faith. And most of all, the last two items are to get into your word, reinforce it, take more of it, can't get enough of it, and pray, never stop ceasing, Lord. Give every one of these listeners, give them strength to hear this, to discern it, and to use it. Don't just listen to it, to apply it. Thank you, Lord, for your words, not my words. Thank you. And please bless these listeners. Protect them from Satan, from the evil one, with the evils of this world and the evils that happen in business. Protect them. Fight for them like you promised to do. In Jesus' name, we thank you.